Welcome back, Rebels. Welcome back. What are you going to do today, tomorrow, and the next day? Well, I suppose um, that kind of comes down to what habits do you have, I suppose? Like, what are your daily habits? What are your daily routines? But one thing that I am going to make one of my daily routines is to start drawing every day. I think after, like, speaking to this week's guest, and, like, yesterday I just bought a little drawing pad, and I was like, I'm going to set myself a challenge of, like, just drawing every day. It doesn't have to go anywhere. It's just going to be for me. That's really cool, man. I, th- I think you're, you've probably gone around things the absolutely right way. Um, so yeah, today's guest, Erica Lee Sears, she, uh, she creates a piece of art and posts it on Instagram every single day. And she has done for the last six years. Um, and I think when you look through our guests that we've had that have done consistency projects like that, they're, they're following and, and people that have discovered their work has been absolutely huge. So Goldie Chan consistently making videos for LinkedIn, absolutely exploded. Gary Scribbler drawing a, a, a comic piece every single day. We've, we've seen that, that it really does work. So we interviewed Erica last week. And since that day for the past seven days, I have created and posted something every single day on Instagram. I didn't make a song and dance about it. I didn't say, oh, this is my daily thing. I'm going to be doing it. Um, yeah. Because I, I just feel like I've been going for seven days and Erica's been going for nearly seven years. So it's like, what am I going to brag about, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Especially when, I suppose, when most people start something that say they're going to do this every day, they're like, I'd love to know what the average of that is. Obviously, we talk about all the time how the fact the average podcast only lasts for seven episodes, but I wonder how many people have started those kind of Inktober style things that they haven't completed. Because I remember once uh, a guest reached out to us and was like, oh, I'm really struggling to kind of like be more creative. And I was like, okay, I'm going to set you the challenge of drawing something every single day that you think is post worthy go 30 days that's all you've got to do let's let's see what we can do here and after about five days they gave up yeah. and i think i i just messaged them i was like where's where's the thing and they're like oh yeah yeah i just i just didn't really see the point of it <laughs> and i was like oh okay well fair enough like people people do what they want to do if they don't do that every single day and they've set themselves the challenge of it then kind of like deep down they'd rather sit and watch tv they'd rather sit and do something else they'd rather whatever they did in that time that was different that's what they would actually rather do because that's what they did dude i think that's the the most powerful phrase i it it's something that i heard a, a while back and it's so stuck with me yeah people will do what they want to do and although we have all of these excuses of like oh yeah but you don't understand because my job is this many hours and i've got this many kids and i do with this and this at the end of the day like if there is something that you do really want to do, you you do do it. Because if you look back at the history of your life, there's no one who's living a life where they've never done anything that they want to do. Like yeah. pretty much everything that you've done is what you want to do. I'm sure we'll get some kickback on that. But like, I do honestly believe that. I think like how you spend your time, like your time is all you have and how you spend it. Yes, there are certain responsibilities that we all have and things that we must do. But like a day is so long. A day is so long. And like, I just, I, in 2021, I just don't believe anyone. I, I'll make them show me their fucking, their phone um, time, like of how long they're on different social networks. And yeah. how, like, and and do like, do you have a Netflix subscription? If you have a, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, why are you paying six pounds a month if you never, if you never watch it? No. It's so true. And, and doing something for five days and then not seeing the point in it it's like there is no point in doing it for five days it's only through the consistency but but which brings me back to to the point i was going to make earlier is that you're doing it the right way because you're creating the work for yourself because you said like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to go anywhere um and i think like the i i wasn't sure whether to talk about i knew we had erica this episode and i was like do i come in and go i am doing a thing every day because there is still like i'm a fucking hard worker but there's still that that pressure and that kind of doubt of like can i do this can i sustain this because i've only been going seven days and let me tell you my friend it is tough because i was painting all day in coventry yesterday so that meant that the day before i i knew that i was going to be painting the entire day so i wasn't gonna have time to sit down and post yesterday so I had to, the day before, do two drawings so that I had something to post the next day. And like the, the stress and the, and the like, I don't know, it's hard, man. It's hard. Yeah, I, I think that, that what you just said, said there is the kind of the problem that I think a lot of people have. If they put this pressure on themselves that I've got to post every day. But I think like the better way to think about it is I've got to carve out this time every day to do it. And I think that's where this week's guest Erica does it really well, because it's like, 
she's been doing it for like seven years. And even if someday she's only got five minutes, she'll still put kind of pen to paper, paintbrush to canvas and do something. And I think that's the key. It's like you don't have to go out there and make a masterpiece every single day. And I've I've had that before where I've done, I've said to myself, I'm going to post a photo on Instagram every day. And then I'm like, okay, oh shit, now this is becoming a real faff and I'm having to batch it and it's becoming stressful. I think as soon as it does that, that's when it's like, okay, well, roll back a little bit because it shouldn't be the thing that you're like, oh, I've said I'm going to do this. So I'm going to, because actually by doing two in one day, you've kind of lied to yourself anyway. It's like, you're just trying to like, I think at the end of the day, it's more important to prove to yourself that you can do it than you can prove to the outside world. So having that kind of idea of like, if you're, if you're doing it every day for consistency to kind of for the platform, then I think, yeah, you kind of have to batch things and like having a marketing strategy in that sense works really well. But to develop a habit, I think the habit needs to be that small time you put aside every day to do that, even if it is only a few minutes. And I think, and what could make that a bit easier is I think, so for, for example, your work, there's like multiple media going into that one piece. I don't know what your current setup is at home, but just having like all of the things that you need just there so you can come over to it at any single point. It's like, oh, I've got 10 minutes now. Just go over there, pick it up and do it. Because I know a lot of times, especially like if there's a bit of friction to get into something, like if you know that, oh, actually, it's going to take me 10 minutes to get my art equipment out, to put on the desk, and then I've only got five minutes. It's like, oh, then you just won't do it. And then you'll think, oh, I was going to do it another time. But making it as easy as possible, even if that, like, for example, for me, I've decided like, because I know that if I decide I'm going to paint something bigger, I just won't happen. Like it just won't happen. So I basically bought a little sketchbook, like basically it's 14 centimeters by nine centimeters. It fits inside my coat pocket. It's tiny. It can go anywhere and I can always have it with me and I'm just going to keep a pencil with it. So it's like that for me is as least friction possible because it's like all I have to do is reach into my pocket, bring it out and then, then I'm good to go. If anyone decides to do a daily practice or something that they want to have the consistency with, try and make it as easy for yourself to do as possible because then there's no excuses. If it is so easy, if it's easier to start doing the artwork than it is to turn your TV on, to go to Netflix, flick through, find something and put on, then your brain likes to go towards the easiest thing. So I like to think that your mind would actually be like, oh, well, it's actually a faff to go and do that compared to going to do this other thing. So having that just ease of entry, make things run so much smoother. Yeah, modern society is set up so that everything is easy for the human. Um, and there's lots of case studies of people who've, who've made things harder for themselves so that... It, like so it's a real decision for them so so putting your tv in a separate room or unplugging it so you have to plug it in before you before you turn it on um i remember reading about a guy who had rigged his tv up to a cycle bike so the only way he was ever allowed to watch (laughs) was when he was powering it by his by his own legs (laughs) to keep fit our brain is just so interesting in how it works and there's the case study of how many people in prison are granted bail if their hearing is after 12 p.m. is like so much less than the people in, in the yeah. morning because you have decision fatigue as you as you go through the day. And, and that's what you're talking about is just making these decisions and everything easier for your brain. Um, and when you think about everything that we were talking about with, with Cal Newport, about how, um, how to best optimise our, our decisions the way that we're going to do that is by understanding what's going on here with our with with science and, and neuroscience and just how everything is stacked against us really to 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 be a creative everything is stacked against us get things ready so that we don't have to overly think about where's this thing and i don't have to go and get this brush and i don't have to go and um switch on this computer program like everything yeah. is just ready to go and, and making that creative space as easy as possible. And I do think there's a lot to be said about creating in the same place as well, because then then you're, it, it's like I go to sleep now, like uh, uh, within minutes, because I've got yeah. into that routine of like, this is the space where I sleep. And as soon as I, like I wear a t-shirt over my eyes, like, cause I don't want to wear one of those masks. As soon as that, <laughs> as soon as like a t-shirt goes over my eyes, dude, I like out like a light, such a hypnotic, like, my body just knows like, oh, this is the time you go to sleep. And I think our brain doesn't want to think too much because like thinking Mm -hmm. is hard. So everything, like so much of our life is on autopilot. So the more that we can get our creativity into that autopilot mode, the less resistance there's going to be, the more we're going to be able to put out into the world. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And I think as well, like making sure that that the time that we spend on the thing is as enjoyable as possible as well. I think if you're gonna, if every day you're gonna do it and it's gonna be fucking horrible, then you're just not gonna do it. So I think like making it like nice as well. So like if you've got a space that you want to go and draw in, making sure it's tidy, making sure it's like somewhere that is actually approachable, and when you're there, you enjoy doing it because if you decide, okay, this is going to be my place, but it's next to like the back door and it's always cold, then it's like you're not going to go to that space every time because your body's going to be like, oh, it's not very comfortable there. So making sure that the place you go to and the thing that you're doing is as an enjoyable experience as you can make it. I think, yeah, by doing that, like having the kind of regularity, something that's enjoyable and being a little bit accountable to yourself as well, because it's like to build it into a habit, it's going to take a certain amount of time. Like there's like, some people say oh you can form a habit in like 21 days but actually when you look at the stats it can be over six months almost to a year so realizing that it's not going to be something that's quick that's going to happen so making sure that you can go in there do it enough times that it becomes this habit and like you, you might be the lucky person that it happens after three weeks and you're like okay i'm just going to start doing this forever now but you might be the person who it takes almost a year for so by picking something you actually want to do for a year, that's going to really help because it's actually going to be something you want to go and do every day. And I think by picking something you want to go and do every day, by thinking about, well, in the future, what would I love to be doing every day? And then like giving yourself this little bit of just fun, this little bit of just like escapism that is actually benefiting you kind of mentally. Like, for example, for me, drawing is almost like meditation. It's like by having that little bit of my day, I know that like everyone's got their own little thing for like like journaling or medita meditating or that kind of thing having that little bit of time just for yourself I think is really important so carving that out and knowing that it's going to benefit you in the long term it's like going to the gym every day or doing a bit of exercise every day having that little bit of time for yourself for your creativity for honing your craft for getting a little bit better because it comes down to that as well like just by doing something every day you're going to get better at it and I think that's why speaking to Erica it's really interesting like seeing her journey seeing how she has improved over that time because it's like if you do something every single day you're going to get better and if you want to get better at something do it every single day yeah and creativity begats creativity so the the more you do like i mean you drawing there's there's no doubt in my mind that at some point you're going to stumble across something that then leaks over into your photography work it's like it's oh, just 100% just yeah. inevitable isn't it? it it's funny i so i was just about to say and and you would have slapped me if i did i was just about to say i'm going to try and keep this up for the next 30 days um because i, I want to do it for 30 days and then kind of see where i'm at and i just said i'm going to try um, which is kind of our pet hate of of whenever, like we get this quite a lot, like um, I'm going to set up my podcast. And that's like very vague. Like a lot of people have messaged us things like that. Like I'm going to set up my podcast. Well, okay, when? Because saying I'm going to do something means that like you're always going to do it in the future. It gives you a complete out of like, oh, have you done it yet? No, but I'm going to. Whereas going, yeah. I'm I'm going to set up my podcast next week is like did you do it or did you did you not there's like a clear definitive answer well it's like it's funny you say that actually because it's on this literally this morning on my story i kind of made a little declaration and i i typed i'm going to try to do this every day and then i stopped myself and i was like no 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 no, no. get rid of the word try because as soon as i say try that means it won't happen it gives me self give and it gives me that get out of jail free card whereas actually i just took that back to i'm going to do this every day this is going to happen yeah. And just by having that little flip of mindset of removing the word try from your vocabulary and just doing it, that's so much stronger than just trying. My God, dude, we're, we're literally going to be quoting Yoda at people. Do or do not, <laughs> yeah. there is no try. But fuck, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why that Jedi master is like so beloved and is, is the wise, the wise old sage mm. um, that every, every hero's journey has the wise old sage and, and Yoda is that. Like, yeah, do or do not, there is no try. If you want to hear more Star Wars quotes, then you better get yourself to access tomorrow. Um, sorry that it didn't happen last week. Um, we had lots of technical issues. Um, we did send out a mail out to let you guys know. Um, if you aren't signed up to access, this is your this is like a, a cosmic moment because you could have missed out. But now you're not going to miss out because all you need to do is go to creativerebels.co forward slash access and you'll be able to come to our free event next Tuesday tomorrow yeah so that's creativerebels.co forward slash access uh, and access is our monthly event that we do over zoom currently uh, but hoping to do 
more in real life in the future now things are getting a little bit more back to normal in the uk uh, so i think if you want to kind of come along see what the event's like because you can potentially come to one in real life and meet some real people soon and yes and we've got a big announcement that we're going to be announcing at uh, this week's access so make sure you come along but for now let's get into this week's episode with erica lee sears yes erica lee sears is a painter an artist and she creates a piece of work every single day she's worked with loads of amazing clients um and yeah we talk about her whole journey her consistency this is again i'm saying it again one of my favorite episodes it's so bloody good she is she's just so i don't want to say relatable because that sounds lame but like she's so relatable she's just so like i don't know she draws mcdonald's chips in the bath and like i don't know she just seems like the sort of person you'd want to be mates with she's she's amazing yeah 100 i think when you get one of those guests that actually impacts you directly then you know how much it's going to affect the audience as well and it's like yeah this is such a great episode so really hope you enjoy it hi erica hello <laughs> welcome to the show how's everything going it's going pretty good how's it going with you guys yeah we're doing all right we're, we're getting through um, Erica, did you always want to be an artist? Looking back, yes. I've always like very much been a creative. I was a very creative kid. I loved art. I am from like, you know, the United States. I'm in Oregon and I grew up in the suburbs and there aren't a lot of creative influences out here. Like my parents like would never go to like, I didn't go to my first art museum until I was in my 20s. So I grew up in a place where my parents, like my mom openly will still say, you know, if you're an artist, you cannot make a living at being an artist. So I didn't think it was a possibility until I got much older. I realized that it's totally not true. You, to you totally can. Um, there's lots of opportunities out there. Um, but yeah, I totally did not grow up thinking it was possible. And at what moment do you remember it kind of switching from that place of, oh, this is just something that I like to do to something that actually this is something that I could pursue? Well, when I was young, like I was always like painting and drawing and stuff like a lot of kids do, but I would always use like my allowance and save up to buy paint and supplies. Um, so I've always done that, like through college, through everything. I've always like been painting and drawing and stuff. Um, but for me, when I finished school and I was living with my now husband and we bought a house and had like a mortgage and stuff, I was ticking all of these boxes and I was like, is this it? You know, like, is this how I'm going to spend the rest of my life? And that's great for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people are really clear with what they want, like at an like early age or like going through school. But I just didn't think it was possible. And at that point you had like a regular Yeah, job. I worked in finance for like about six years. I was really good friends with this other girl and she was a, um, or she is a choreographer dancer. And she was also um, like, she does like hip hop and um, competition dancing. And uh, she was also in finance and we were both just like so miserable. And we were working like 50, 60 hour weeks. And uh, we started meeting up and we were like, how do we get you know, to a place where we want to be, you know, we want to be making things and doing things and making our mark on the world. Yeah, I started meeting with my friend. And then we decided to set goals. I set my goal was to like make 10 paintings, and to set up on um, do like a street fair that's here in Portland that it's free to set up. Um, and I did that all summer. So I did it like three times. And so that kind of set me on my journey where I realized, you know, oh, people are gonna pay for something that I made. And I just have to kind of put myself out there. You touched upon two things there that are both super important in making that leap that I think a lot of people really struggle with. Like the first one is just like having someone to be accountable to. Because I think that's so important when you're getting started. Because if it's just yourself, it's easy to kind of like let yourself off the hook of being like, oh, well, I was tired that day. Oh, I was busy doing this. But then as soon as you've got someone else in the mix to help, like, that basically if you don't do it you're going to feel guilty because you know the other person's doing it and you feel like you need to prove something to them and also to kind of like make you feel like you're sane because you yeah, obviously yeah. had the the programming from from your mum who was saying like this is not a sensible career which which I had as well and probably within finance there's not many people who are who are like saying go and be creative mm -hmm. but yet you find this one other person who's just like you who's also doing it, it makes you feel like oh actually I'm not a weirdo because I've got this person too I totally agree I mean you are so right um I think 
it it's also you know, we, it's like, and there, and I just want to say, like, my parents are super hardworking, very kind people. It's just they don't understand what we do. And yeah. I think once you decide to not care a little bit and just kind of realize, hey, there's going to be a lot of people that don't understand what I do, and that I need to be my own advocate and I need to be my own cheerleader. The more you realize that, like, the earlier you can like realize that, the more successful you'll be with your life journey yeah i think that is just like it it's like we could end, end the podcast here it's like that is like <laughs> the most important thing it's just having that self-belief of like actually it doesn't matter what the rest of the world thinks about this it's like what makes me happy and it's like am i going to sacrifice something that makes me happy to fit into the mold that everyone else wants to put upon me it's like asking yourself those questions of like what is it that's going to make me happy what is it that's going to drive me forward and then just focusing on that and then going back to what you said earlier as well, I think like the second thing that was so great about what you did there is you, but by having that market stall that you knew in this period of time, you're going to, like you've rented it, you've put the, gonna, your name down on that. You're going to have to turn up with something. And it's like, you can go and you can not put any effort in now between now and then. And you know, if you turn up there, you're going to look so stupid with like one painting on this desk that's empty. Or you can go in there and be like, okay, I'm going to put all this hard work. And it gives you something to lead up towards. I think like the, having the accountability and then the actual, the goal of, okay, well, I have to show up to this place at this time with this amount of stuff was probably a really good way to set you on the right path at the start. You are 100% right. And I think we even had a talk before we started talking. I'm always like super prolific. I've always like made a lot of work and always have a lot of ideas. But I think where I got better with doing street vending first is I learned about like display, how to talk about my artwork, how, and I, trust me, when I first had my 10 paintings, I had them on the ground. Like I had like a little table and then on the ground and like this street fair was like, it's free. So anyone can set up. And so it's like really just everyone just showing up with their like artwork. There's a lot of art students and stuff. So I just like encourage like people to just like just jump in. It doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, I've made so many like mistakes and trials and you're never going to learn unless you like get through your mistakes and like paying attention and being a little bit better next time. I was on a room on Clubhouse the other day and there was an artist there who was talking about he hated art fairs. And the reason was because he felt that the art should be able to sell itself and he didn't like having to stand there and talk to people and kind of he was like I don't want to convince them to buy my art they should want to buy my art and I don't really believe that I, I feel that if yes your work should be able to sell itself on its own if you're not there but I think a big part of often what people are buying is they're buying into you as a character and it's actually really lovely if they buy a piece and you're there to explain the story of of where that piece came from and they can relate to it more um what what were kind of some of the things that you learned just by by standing there mm -hmm. in out in public completely random people coming up to you what were some of the skills you learned from those very first kind of like selling yourself as an artist well first of all um we as artists have to get rid of that the stigma of being a starving artist, number one. And we also have to get rid of feeling yucky about talking about your artwork. There is, number one, nothing wrong with making a living at what you create and what you make, okay? Because I put my heart and my soul, and like a lot of us artists do, we put everything into what we do. And learning how to talk about our work, selling your, you know, your sale, like there's nothing wrong with learning how to talk about your work in an authentic, um, special way. First of all, what I learned is it's like, you know, you have to be a little bit brave and, you know, just because you're talking to someone about your artwork, that doesn't mean they're going to buy it. You're just talking about what you are, you know, what your journey is with creating your piece. I think the biggest thing I learned was just to be open and really meet people where they're at. Like some people want to talk about stuff. Some people don't. A lot of that is just like just kind of being present with your artwork and uh, getting to know people like through your artwork. So much of that is like marketing your work. It's like I think that the best way to market your work or to sell work isn't to be like buy my thing buy my thing and basically just grabbing people and being please buy my thing or just shouting at people and be like oh you have to go and buy this it's just letting people know what you have the story behind it the reason why you made it and then if they want to buy it it's up to them you're not kind of forcing things down people's throat you're just letting them know it exists and why it exists 
And I think if you can get that across in a nice, eloquent way, then and that person connects with that, then that's where a piece is going to sell because they can see the story that is in that and they can see something in themselves in that as well, probably. And I think, yeah, so much of what when people buy something, it's to help show something about themselves. Like if someone hangs something on their wall, they're going to want to, it's going to represent them in some way. So I think it's really important that, yeah, when you are telling people about your art, that there's no pressure to, for it to sell. Even if like you talk to a hundred people and no one's buying it, that's fine. You just haven't come across the right person yet. And it's just going to take, yeah, telling more people and maybe just trying to get your story across in a slightly better way. If things aren't selling, it might not be because your work's bad. I agree with you. I think it's like about also the other big thing is finding the people that connect with what you do, because there are people like, I mean, in like, for example, in New York's MoMA, there's like an artist that did like pencil drawings on a paper bag. You know, it's like, I mean, that's awesome. And I understand that there was like a, a journey and a story but like you need to find the people that get it, that get what mm -hmm. you do. So going back to like my parents not understanding what I do and I came to terms with, they're probably never really gonna get it. And that is totally okay. And just because like you're out like vending or talking to people about your work, some of those people are gonna get it. Some people aren't. So it's about finding the people that really connect and get it. And um, I think that's what makes me so um, excited about like social media because it's given me a way to find people that like just get my work and connect with what I do. And it's, you know, that's amazing. And that's essentially what you want. And I mean, that's why you put art out into the world because art has to live, right? So when you've got that piece of work, you've created this thing, how do you find those people? Because it's like, you've got this item, but you don't know what's in everyone's heads in terms of what people like. How do you go about finding those people who can kind of come along the journey with you? So I have tried everything, you guys. <laughs> like I have literally tried everything and like, I am very, um, I try to think of myself as someone that's really open to possibilities. Like I, like when you sent me a, a note on Instagram, like I'm very like, okay, let's talk, let's do it. Because I try to be very open to possibility because as soon as you start closing yourself off to something, you don't let things come in. Um, and so I've, you know, like I did street vending and then I started applying for everything. Like I, you know, any coffee shop, any... Um, group shows, you know, back when I first started, it was like Craigslist was like the hot thing. So people would put listings on there for like call to art, you know, and but now there's like websites that are dedicated to open calls. I want to say not COVID October, but the summer or the fall before I decided I wasn't applying for enough things. I wasn't hearing no enough um, that. I, so I applied for like 15 things or 10 things. And I think I got rejected from every single one, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think it's like, here's the thing is like, we have to put ourselves out there and it like stings a little less when we get rejected from things because we're putting ourselves out there for so much and you never know what's where you're, what avenues you're going to find. Um, you know, like I've shown in coffee shops, I've shown in theaters, I've shown in galleries, you know, if you're an artist, you can get into royalties, into licensing. There's like so many different avenues or like teaching or workshops or murals or there isn't just one way to like find what resonates with you and your style. So I recommend saying a lot of yes and just trying things out. Um, you can just try it. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. <laughs> I love that you said you hadn't heard no enough. Yeah. Um, could you tell us about the Andy Warhol uh, rejection letter that you have? The Andy Warhol rejection letter, it basically, it says like he got rejected. I think it was from New York MoMA and it was like, stop sending us stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I mean, hello. I mean, Andy Warhol is like amazing, um, but I think it's a good show. Like, just like, like I said, just because you hear no today doesn't mean they're going to say no forever. Because what's funny is it's like, I've been rejected by like so many galleries here in Portland, like so many, especially when I first started out. And um, like recently I've been getting a few um, people sliding into my DMs and talking to me about stuff. And it's funny because it's like, maybe I just wasn't ready at that time, you know, but do I suggest you reach out 100% because galleries need people like you or shops need people like you. And just because it doesn't work out now doesn't mean it won't work out in the future or you might outgrow them where you don't really need that opportunity anymore. How did the starting to paint every day thing come around? So 
I currently make an original piece of art every single day and I share my journey online. I'm in my sixth year. The reason why I started my journey um, was because of the birth of my second child. Um, he is now six. And the reason why I started it be was because I felt like I was losing my art and uh, losing my creativity. And it wasn't like losing like the ideas, but it was like time, commitment, all this stuff. And being a mom is like so tough. Like, I don't know how people do it. I mean, I'm surprised I'm doing it. Um, I know <laughs> you guys, it's really tough. And, um, but, but I decided that, you know, I needed to give a gift to myself and the, and it was to basically make a piece of art every single day, no matter how big or small. And I wasn't allowed to throw it away and I had to share it um, because it was my selfish gift to myself because being a mom, you have to be selfless. So I wanted to be selfish for this and I could take five or 10 minutes like it wasn't what it is today. And it holds me accountable because I'm not very disciplined, you guys, like at all. Like I can barely discipline my children. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's tough. I mean, we have lots of talks. Um, so it definitely showed me like you have to have discipline in your craft and get better at your craft. And it's not about perfection or making it like, okay, I need to like you know, work on my technical skills. I mean, maybe you do, but it doesn't have to be like this perfect like thing. It just has to be like your work on yourself and your work and showing up every day. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's such an inspiration to so many people because it's like so many people say they don't have time, yet you decided to start at the same point you just had a child, which suddenly takes away all of your time. So <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, and even as you said, even if it is just five minutes, 10 minutes, like I think it's making it that habit, making it that routine that this has to be done every day. You need to take that selfish time. And I feel like the word selfish is always kind of seen in a really negative way. Whereas I think it is so important to be selfish, to make sure that you're actually carving out some time for yourself, making like some time for you to head in the direction that you want to be going in. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the episode about how you actually need to listen to yourself and what you actually want for yourself so I think it's so great that you actually carved that time and it's obviously really navigated the route that your life has taken because you did that how do you kind of cope with perfectionism because I'm guessing because you have to do something every single day when it's done it kind of has to be done because mm -hmm. it's the end of the it day. helps <laughs> it yeah. helps a lot but it also lets me like let go of things right it helps me let go of things. And also, I want to say one more thing about creativity, like and showing up every day. That is 100% for free, you guys. Like anyone can do it. Any socioeconomic background you are, like it doesn't have to, like it's just you showing up. You could even say, okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes and think about art today. Like that's free, you guys. Like like doesn't that doesn't cost a penny. You know, be kind to yourself and like give that gift to yourself. And um, perfectionism is a big monster for me. Um so this has really helped my journey with letting things go and not getting so like zoned in on things that don't matter. Everyone has that imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and it's about learning how to kind of be free of it and not have to like um, have it lurking around because mine lurks around like all the time, <laughs> like all the time. And, and back on the word selfish, I think the fact that your, um, your kid's now obviously six years old and has seen for all of his life, all they know is is you making work. I think that's actually a not selfish thing at all. I think that's actually a really, really important and great lesson. I agree. And um, I also find it that now I feel like I'm inspiring like my daughter. My daughter is my older child where it's like, and I want them to see like, you know, that I'm, you know, running like the business side of things and that um, I can do it and that it's um, that, you know, you can have a strong, powerful woman as a role model. So I think that's really important, too, I'm realizing. Did you have in mind uh, a finish? Were you like, I'm going to do 100 and then stop? Or or because you probably wouldn't imagine that six years on, you'd still be going or am I? Or am I, I never thought I would be where I'm at today. Um, so I never put a limit on something because I feel like I should be limitless. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so there is, um, I, so, and I also look at it like, I don't like to define it because I want to see what grows and what happens. Um, because as soon as I start putting like limitations on stuff, then it's like, I feel like, you know, that's when you're limiting yourself because I feel like if I could give my younger self one big piece of advice, it would be to dream bigger because I feel like we dream so small 
And if you could just say like your biggest dream, like what is your biggest dream? And then um, make it bigger. You know, it's not about like, if you ask someone, what's your big dream? They'll say, oh, I need to redesign my website or I need to do like, you know, um, plant this plant or something. And that's a good, awesome goal. But like, what's bigger than that? Something bigger, something unimaginable. It reminds me of um, Simon Sinek's latest book, which is called The Infinite Game. I don't know if you've read that. Um, no, I uh, add it to my list. Um, but the kind of uh, the, the premise of it, I can tell you the premise in like two minutes. You don't need to read the book. Uh, and I feel like you're you're doing everything that that book talks about. It basically talks about kind of the difference between an infinite game and a finite game. And I think the finite game is something that is achievable, has an end goal. So, for example, getting the website made, doing this, doing this. Whereas the infinite game is something that can't ever be achieved. It's something you'll spend your whole life working towards that you could even set up. And as you die, someone else could take it on and carry on that journey. Uh, so I think, yeah, having that infinite game mindset, it, it kind of reminds me of like thinking about like dieting, where someone will be like, okay, I've got this event happening in this time. I'm going to eat really healthy and go to the gym up until this point. That event happens and then it just all disappears and it kind of goes out the window. Whereas actually, if you decided... I want to live longer. That's my aim. And I'm just going to have a healthier lifestyle. That's something that will last your whole life. And it's going to benefit it for like for the long run rather than just like <laughs> forcing it into a short period of time, missing out on other things and then being like, actually, I hate this. I can't wait for this to be over. But giving yourself that positive, this is just the way my life is going to be. It's like the fact that you eat every day, the fact that you wake up every day, the fact that you probably wash every day like the things that you just do every day because it's normal human nature it's just making sure that you put in the the fun things that you want to be doing into those everyday moments because it's like that's what life should be about it should be about all of the fun things not just the the mediocre things that we have to do to to survive right and don't forget making art like being artist it's amazing like don't be tortured you guys like it is like we are so lucky to be creative minded and do what we do. And um, I think we get bogged down by, you know, like all of the other stuff, but we can't forget like why we're artists to begin with. You're listening to Creative Rebels, the podcast for creatives. If you're enjoying this episode, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast in any way that you can. I just want to kind of push on that a little bit further because I know that so many people who listen to our show have started things and then they've not seen it through and they've set themselves a challenge and they've not and they've not got to the end and they are still doing something that they really enjoy but there's just something about it that they've not managed to to keep going um and I mean cuz I mean this happens all the time like the average podcast lasts seven episodes before the person making it gives up on average and and there's there's so many times where we get we get like really fired up we start something and then before i i think as soon as you start to get attention and sort of like a positive feedback loop that can keep you going but there's sort of this middle period where you only have yourself to back yourself up and thoughts of doubt can start creeping in and and I mean, we've we've spoken about habits before. Like, if you miss if you miss two days in a row, then that's normally the time when you you sort of start to lose a habit. Were there any times where it was like really hard, or you didn't want to make a painting, or you were tired, or, or like what was it that kind of pushed you through? Is it like grit? Is it self discipline? Like, is it is it that it truly is really really fun for you a hundred percent of the time? Like what like what is it that that kept you going? So I think I use art in different ways. Like there's sometimes where it's like I have work where it's like a project or something, or if I'm working on ideas, but you know, there are days where there are, it's like really tough to paint. So like, for example, like it was really tough to paint during, especially at the beginning of COVID and BLM, you know, Black Lives Matters. But I decided that, you know what, this is the time where I need to talk about it with my artwork and I need to express myself through how I'm feeling and my journey and how I'm understanding things. And I think you can use art in different ways. Like I think you can talk about what's happening right now and what's, you know, occurring, or you can use it as practice. You can use it for like, oh, a project you're working on. There are so many different buckets. And I think art is also really therapeutic. I sometimes paint in my sketchbook, so it's a little less serious and a little bit more like just easy. 
if I don't want to do that. Like when I first started, I was just painting in my sketchbook. Like I was oil painting in my sketchbook because it was like, didn't take up a lot of space. It was like 10 or 15 minutes. I think if someone skips a day or skips two days, it's like, is that your imposter syndrome talking? Or is that you just getting in the way of yourself talking? You know, you can start today. You know, no one's judging. You know, why don't you just start? And you know what? If you don't want to make something, don't make it. And another thing is, it's like people get so bent about, I have to have this cohesive body of work. And it's like, throw out those rules. Stop stop giving yourself those rules. Why don't you, if you want to do something abstract today, do it. If you want to do like a silly, like cat barfing rainbows, do it. You know, like, I mean, you have to kind of shed the layers of your stuff and like, just, you know, have a, have, have a fun day if you want to. The idea of the fun day is just so important because I think, it's it's, yeah. it's kind of like the further you get in your career as well the further you get known for something the more that people expect a certain thing of you you kind of feel a bit trapped of well I can't get out of that if I try something else then especially because social media basically just gives you an actual metric about how many people like it it's like mm-hmm. oh I've tried this thing that was my fun project it didn't get as many likes as what I normally do so I'm definitely not going to have a fun day again because I don't want I I want everyone to tell me that I'm great and that everything's going really well. Whereas I think, yeah, it's so important not to look at those outside metrics so much and actually just think about like, remember why you did that in the first place. Like it was a fun day. It was you experimenting. It was you potentially learning something that could take your main body of art in a different direction for the better. So it's like always thinking about like why you did things rather than what the actual response from other people is. Right. And what is the art that lives within you that needs to come out? You know, I think about that a lot. Am I digging deep enough in my work? Is, you know, in 10 years, like, am I going to look back and um, am I going to say, am I making the art that I want to be making? So maybe ask yourself, like, what is the artwork I want to be making? What needs to come out? What needs to live? And don't be afraid of it. And just because, like, there are people out there that don't get it, including maybe, like, it's something totally different, like, just try it. I mean, the worst case is like you get an unfollow and it's like, who cares? I mean, I love every, like, I love my community so much, but if there's, they're, if they're not going to understand my journey, then it's like, they're, it's just not going to, they're not going to understand my journey. Yeah. I think you see it with musicians all the time where people will love everything that someone does and then they drop their new album and it's like, this is not what I wanted. Like, <laughs> this is not the same as the last album. I just wanted more of the same because, uh, like, the bands evolve and they just try and experiment with different things. And like, you might even find like ten albums later, there are completely different bands to where they first started. And there will be people who like. There's so many bands that I used to listen to that I'll never listen to again because it's not the sound that I like anymore. But there will still be those loyal fans who continued all the way through with them, who no matter what they do, will always love them. And I think it's kind of building up that those fans that will be there for you no matter what you're trying that's really important. Um, how would you say you've kind of grown your fan base and do you reckon that you have like a really loyal core? I do love my people so much. And I think I think the best example is this. I was watching this documentary of like Tommy Lee, you know, the drummer. Yeah. Um, and he like released an album and he like, and this is like way, like this is like, I want to say 10 or 15 years ago, he released an album and he was talking to his label. He's like, why is this doing so terrible? This, you guys didn't market this. You didn't promote this enough and just like freaking out on the phone and stuff. And then at the end of it, it was like he sold out every single one of his tour dates of him just doing his solo album. And he's like, okay, this is what it's about. I really think it's really the more authentic I am in my journey and the more honest I am, the more that like it attracts people and things to what I'm doing. And I'm also I try to be really um, approachable and I try to really be open-hearted to the people that do contact me and that are reaching out to me because I feel really lucky for the people that understand what I do. One of the main reasons I wanted to get you on is is because you make work every single day. Um, we've had Seth Godin on the show and he he writes a blog every single day and he's written over 6,000 blogs. And <laughs> just a few. I'm, yeah. Like, yeah, just a few. And And I'm really trying to get across with this show, like, whether it's subliminal or more blatant like it is now, but just how turning up over and over again is, it really is the key to success. It's something Emma Gannon said to us where she said, I'm not, I'm not the best writer in the world. I'm just, I just kept going where everyone else gave up. So I'm, I'm the only option because I'm the one who kept going. In terms of, of your audience, how, 
how fundamental do you think it it is like how i i feel like you've got a much bigger audience because you are there every single day like how much of your success do you put down to the daily practice so i look at it like this like a lot of people think like oh you make art every day but i look at it like i show up every day so it's a little different so it's like i look it up that i need the discipline and i also look at it i need to share my journey and i need to share like what i'm going through um so the reason why i like social media is because it makes me accountable because I have to be there um, because I will go through my brain like a million of excuses like, oh, day off, <laughs> video game day. <laughs> that is me. Um, I will totally do that. And um, so it holds me accountable. And I also think we're really lucky we have social media because it gives us an audience that we wouldn't have normally reached, you know, like it connected me with you guys. Like, I mean, we never would have connected like um, some of my biggest projects have been through social media. Um, so I think anyone that's listening and you're thinking about a daily project, I think you should totally go for it. Um, I think some people need rules. I can't have too many rules or I feel like I'm like suffocating. <laughs> but like, I think you can or there's like the 100 day project or whatever. But I think it's about like, you don't have to sit in your studio or in your art space for like 10 hours and make art every day. You can take five or 10 minutes. Um, so I think it's about developing like what you want to say and what you want to do. Um, but I think a lot of people feel like they have to put a lot of rules on stuff. How do you not run out of things to paint? I have so many ideas, you guys. Like, I don't know where it comes from. I always say like, so I'm married. I always say I'm the bird and my husband's the rock because I'm always like ideas, ideas, ideas. Like <laughs> I have so many right now. Like it's like um, a lot. But then it's like I have to reel in the ideas and make them like make sense in the world. So um, there, there are so many ideas out there. You guys, the creativity is like everywhere. Like you just have to snatch it, grab it, grab it. It's funny. Cause like me and David were talking about the other day, how, when we first started this show, we were really, really worried about running out of things to say, because we were like, we've, we've had the business, we've been running a business for 10 years. We've learned this amount of knowledge. If we talk about this every week, we're going to like after like four weeks, we're going to run out of stuff today. Yet two years later, we're still talking about different things every single week. And it might be the same thing that we're saying over and over again sometimes, but just in a slightly different way or with different people or kind of getting different stories out of people. I think it is so interesting that when you actually get started and you do it consistently, it's amazing how I think your perspective on the world changes a little bit and you just look out for things in a different way. Because it's like now I'll be like, I can be listening to the lyrics of a song and there'll be something that jumps out. That I'm like, oh, actually, that's a good metaphor for this creative analogy that I want to talk about in this thing. And it's like, as soon as you start going down the route of consistency and showing up every day or showing up really regularly, you never run out of stuff. Like you've always got more stuff than you can possibly like. That's the that's one of the most frustrating things is there's only so much time in a day and you can't get all of the things you want to create. Out mm -hmm. of you. And the world is always changing. Like, um, I also think that artists are up also, we are the observers of time, like we're the documenters of time. And there's stuff that's always happening in the world to be talked about. Like right now, it's like people getting vaccinated. It's, um, you know, how has the world changed? How has your neighborhood changed with what's around you? And how does that interpretate, you know, how does your artwork get interpreted into that, right? So there are so many different levels, like, you don't have to just paint one thing or create one thing. And you don't have to say, I'm going to be this type of artist. If you want to get into sculptures and you're an oil painter, do it. I mean, the only person that you're like limiting is yourself. Just as you said the word neighborhood there, I suddenly thought, actually, if you decided that every single day or every single hour, you were going to paint every front door in the country, by the time you got to the end, the first front door would look different again. So you'd, you could actually mm -hmm. never paint every single one. And over 20, 30 years of painting front doors every single day, four times a day, forever, there would be a transition in time because it would be like, there'd be different styles that evolve and like different colors that now get trendy. And you would start mm -hmm. to see those transitions happen. So yeah, it's like the world, I love the fact that, yeah, the world is changing and you can never, you can never do everything. So it's like, just mm -hmm. start and head in some form of direction and just see where it takes you. And I'm going to make lots of bad art. You're going to make lots of bad art where, I mean, I'm actually surprised like some stuff, like I'll sell something and I'm just like, really? Like, <laughs> like, it, like, 
wow. Or I look at something I sold like years ago and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I made that, you know? And it's just like, just remember, you know, you just have to start and that your next, whatever you make next is going to be even better than what you made, you know, today. So you just have to keep it moving. I'm really glad you said that. It's come, it's come at a good time for me. I'm getting a bit of therapy from you because I (laughs) I have recently been really worried about jumping about too much um, with my stuff because I have been painting the stuff that I find fun. So I painted a fox the other day. I've painted rats in the street of London, streets of London. Um, but I think I, I always sort of come back to portraiture and then I keep telling myself, oh, you should, you should just stay to portraiture because that's what an artist would do. I, like wherever I've conjured this up in my head and, and like there's no cohesive theme going through everything. So if all of a sudden I paint a leopard over here, then it's, that's, doesn't work with my stuff but like I've really wanted to paint the fucking leopard so <laughs> I do love um, leopard so I'm really glad you said that it's sort of given me a bit of um a bit of permission to to do what I like and just yeah just listen to like because I'm having fun when I'm making that work so um a couple of things on thoughts on that so some people use Instagram as more of a portfolio like okay I'm gonna you know like I want to attract like art directors I want people to kind of look at it like this is my resume Right. But I don't view social media like that. I look at it like as my journey as like through creativity and what I'm making as an artist. So I think it's like whatever you want to define your like what your journey is in like your Instagram or Twitter or what like whatever you're using or TikTok or whatever. It's like if you're using your thing as a portfolio piece, like you want people to just kind of look at your feed and be like, oh, okay. Um, you know, this is what this person makes. But I look at it like I'm a living, breathing person, human. And I want people to come to air to see me, Erica Lee Sears, and um, not necessarily as a portfolio thing. So I think, you know, I hope your listeners like understand like that because maybe they just want to have like a shop and just, okay, I'm just kind of listing stuff and I want people to kind of see what I'm making, but maybe not every day. And it's like a portfolio. So, but I'm excited to go see your leopard. And you never know what's going to come out of that. You got, you know, for you making that, you never know what series you're going to build on that, you know, and then if you want to make something with that or what can come from that. And then if you don't want to make it anymore, then you can move on to something else, you know. Um, Something you touched on earlier that I'd like to delve into a bit more is um, goal setting. Are you you big on, because you said, you said like dream bigger. Mm -hmm. What's your process for goal setting? Do you write things down or is it just sort of more of a, an ongoing list in your I head? am a list maker. I have a bunch of different kinds of lists. So I have like creative creativity lists where I kind of like write down my ideas and like ideas, ideas, ideas. And then I also have like project books where if it's like if I have something like a bigger project that I want to work on, like if I'm working on like, you know, like I did a couple of self-published zines. So I kind of wrote out how I wanted to like start that process. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of list making. And I also have like for my big, big goal lists, like I have another list where it's like filled with like really big goals. And then I also fill it with people I want to connect with and brands I want to connect with and um, just every big thing like that I want. And it's there. And I, I keep and I do it like maybe every couple of weeks where I go through it and keep writing because, you know, like you have to keep track of that stuff. And it's only for me so I can write whatever I want. So if I want to meet Oprah one day, I will meet Oprah one day. When it when it comes to um, writing down the ideas, I think that's such a smart idea because if you wake up one morning and you've got the pressure of, I know I've got to create something today, but I have no ideas, you've already done the hard work for yourself at a different time when you were feeling really creative and you already wrote something down. So I, I think that's a great idea to just then go back to, you've got it in backup just waiting for you. I think getting things out of your head as a creative is like one of the best things to do. And I was thinking you mentioned quite a while ago in this interview as well about how just doing it every day. And I was suddenly thinking like, it reminds me of journaling. It's like, it's the thing that you do every single day or lots of people do anyway. And it's like just taking your thoughts and putting it on paper, whether that is how you're feeling today or just some ideas that you had. Even if every single day your journal doesn't consist of kind of your goals, your feelings, those kind of things, it consists of here's just some cool ideas that I saw today. Here's like I saw a sign that was a really nice color yellow. I'm just going to write down yellow sign because that is now out of my head on the paper and that inspired me in that moment. So it might mm-hmm. inspire me when I'm kind of struggling for inspiration at some point. I know you get asked this a lot, but um, was Lana Del Rey on the list? 
Uh, she was. Um, and she's like, so like, she's so nice and so hands-on and it surprised me how hands-on she was like in the process and everything. Cause, um, yeah. And she's just a really nice person. Like she was a pleasure to work with. Like I would work with her like a million times. Like she's great. Yeah. We painted a mural for her a few years back and, uh, we would, we dealt with her team, mm-hmm. but we knew that she had final sign off and final say, mm-hmm which for all of the music artists we've worked for over the years, like none of them have had, like got involved. But yeah, we knew that she had to come down and go, yes, I'm happy with that. Yeah, or everything, this or every whatever. detail. So, She's yeah. very like into everything, like in making sure getting exactly what she wants, which is really cool. Cause I've worked with a few like celebrities and stuff where you don't work with them. You work with like their team or their people. And, you know, I get that they're private and they probably just, you know, keep, they just are really private people. And, but yeah, very hands-on, very into like all of the details. And it, it's really cool to see a mind like that, you know. Like how did that link come about? How do you, because I'm sure there's lots of painters out there who would like to be making work for people like that. And it's a little bit more complicated than just writing it down on the goals oh, list. Oh yeah, she, so sli- she slid in my DMs. That? She slid into my <laughs> DMs. She basically told me that she wrote, um, she was trying to reach out to David Hockney and David Hockney was like totally unavailable. He was working in the middle of a field and was not able to, like he did not have a cell phone or anything that she could write him a letter and that she, you know, he would maybe respond and he never (laughs) responded. I know. Amazing. So, and I love the comparison. And so then she found me. And so I, I will take that. Thank you, David Hockney for being unavailable. <laughs> I mean, I'm honored. I mean, I, to be honest, like, I can't believe this stuff is happening to me because I never thought it would. Um, but like I said, you know, to anyone that's listening, how does this stuff happen? I don't know how this stuff happens, but what I can do is I can control like how much artwork I'm making and what I'm putting out into the world. And like people are like, Oh, you just post it. It's like, no, it's like, you know, you can write your captions. You can, um, if you're into writing or into video, flex that muscle and use it. You know, there are, the thing is, is like being consistent and I don't just do Instagram. I do like Pinterest and TikTok and some other stuff. So it's like about kind of getting out there and um, constantly being out there. And so I think sometimes people post like consistently for like a few days and they're like, well, no one's looking at this or no one's liking this. And it's like, well, you have to keep going. I mean, did you, I mean, you probably connected with like one or two new people, but that, that grows into two or three people or you know if you're not into instagram why don't you get into pinterest like pinterest is great pinterest has been really good to me i highly recommend it you know their algorithm is pretty good or tiktok's algorithm is really good so many people i'm sure so many listeners of this show have done something where they've said i'm gonna do this every day for x amount of days and they've tried it and they've stopped i bet everyone who's listening to this now has probably tried started something and failed at something and i i definitely have as well and it's like, I think you need to be the person who goes who goes past that threshold. It's like, well, how many, where is it that most people stop at and then do like a hundred more than that? And it's just like, just keep going because it's like, that's why you don't see the fame. It's because everyone else is doing it for four days in a row or 30 days in a row, but there's not many people who've done it for six years in a row. And I think it's those people are the ones that people like, firstly, I know that if I follow you, that I'm not going to be disappointed that I'm not going to get something posted tomorrow or the day after or the day after or the day after. Whereas if there's someone who's just started a 30 day challenge, it's like, I'm not going to follow them because it's like, okay, well, it might last for 30 days. And then what? That it's just going to go back to them not doing it anymore. Whereas if they've committed to it and they've said, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to do this for 10 years and they're already a year into their journey. I can kind of see that they've proven it so far that they've done this amount of work. So then I'm more likely to follow them. So I think if you're starting anything and you give up after those first few days of kind of the start of the journey, then don't expect for the followers not to rush in because you've not proven to that audience yet that you are going to be there every single day for them. Yeah. And another really great tip to think about too, is like, I always like, I listen to a lot of like podcasts with like Gary Vee and all that stuff. And it's also like, you also have to take opportunities because there are a lot of people like not posting like at Christmas time. 
So make some artwork during Christmas and you're more likely to get people that are paying attention because not a lot of people are because they're like, oh, I'm on vacation. Or um, there's some months where it's like some people are like, like, I think it's like no post November or something. And it's like, well, I'm going to be posting. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, so I think you have to also think about like, I mean, you have to like be kind to yourself, number one. And, um, but I also think you have to look for opportunities when people aren't like as active. Like, I mean, if you want Christmas off, of course, take it off. But you know what? Maybe you're like, hey, I want to, you know, I got a bunch of artwork or art stuff done. And it's like, you know, my family celebrates Christmas Eve, not Christmas. And I'm going to make something on Christmas and post, you know? So, or New Year's Eve or just things like pockets of time that people aren't posting. Like, that's like getting into more of like technical, like setting yourself up for like maybe more views and stuff. But I think, um, you can never go wrong with consistency, but like I said, there are lots of opportunities to be like making stuff and being more visible for sure. Where do you think the the threshold for quality is? Because it's like if I wanted to do something every single day, but all I was going to do is a, a scribble on a dirty napkin and post a picture of that, mm-hmm. a poor quality picture, I could do There's that. There's some for- people that do that. <laughs> <laughs> but like if I did that for 20 years every single day, there's a chance that nothing would ever come from that because it was always just awful at what point do you reckon there's the the balance of this is like how good do you think it needs to be before people start paying attention here's the thing is i think that if you show up every day and you're just like i'm gonna get better at what i do like you'll you're gonna get better and you're gonna it's like it's like being an athlete it's like if you go for that run that first day and you haven't run in like 10 years, you're going to be totally out of breath and out of shape and stuff. But as you grow in your what you do, you are going to get better at it. But I think if you did like a scribble on a dirty napkin or whatever, but like let's say your caption's really funny and you're working on your jokes and you're working on like maybe your storytelling or kind of what your journey is, then I think that's totally different because I've seen Instagram accounts with like really big like Instagram accounts that like kind of focus on the jokes and focus on the humor and the story. Um, So I just think it's like what you want to be doing. Don't be hard on yourself just because it's like you make one thing and it's like, you're like, whatever, like, I hate it or whatever, you know, it's free. It's done. It's permission granted to move on to the next thing. And you know what? It probably felt good to let it out. It probably felt really amazing. You know, get that. What's that? Get that leopard out. Get that cheetah out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I suppose that, that is such a good point. That is basically like, if you do something every day for however long, like you're going to get better at it. That's going to happen. Obviously, if I just did a crap thing every day and purposely made it crap, it wouldn't succeed. But if I'm trying to get better the whole time and challenging myself in different ways and you're always growing, it's like that growth will be visible over time and people will see that and it will inevitably get to a stage where it's good enough because other people haven't put the effort in to get to that stage. So as long as you're slightly better than someone else, they're going to see oh that's good because it's like if I think about like being at school when I was eight years old other people in my class were like oh my god you are like the best drawer and I would look at my drawings now and be like they're an absolute pile of crap (laughs) but it's like but my peers at the time thought that was good because it was just better than what they could do so I suppose as long as you're better than one other person there's potentially one person who could appreciate what you do. Well, there's always going to be someone better. Like there's always going to be a more technical artist or there's always going to be some, like there's always going to be people that you're just like, I just don't, I don't get this artwork or whatever. So I think it's like about like really thinking about why you're making artwork and what you want to be saying with your artwork, because you're going to get better at what you want to say, like what's within your soul and stuff through time and expressing yourself. But in terms of like technical things, like I I have learned, like I did not go to art school at all. Um, I'm pretty self-taught like with everything. And I always feel really like my imposter syndrome comes around like technical things because I am self-taught. Um, but I think, you know, like letting that piece go, like realizing, oh, I'm never going to be a super technical artist, but I'm still getting better at my craft. Like um, there's still lots of room because it's like, am I working on color? Am I working on proportion am I working on like what am I expressing and do I want to learn about like color and proportion and all that stuff like maybe I want to like make things more abstract or more impressionistic like it doesn't have to fit in a, to a bucket because you're making artwork for you know like I'm making like an Erica Lee Sears painting 
And it's, you know, like not the most technical, but I can, if I want an impressionistic or lean towards realism, I can, like, it doesn't have to, like, there's so much, the art world is so big. You are an inspiring person, Erica. You've, uh, you're working with all these amazing people. You show up every day, you're self-taught, you're a mom. I think you're just such an inspiration. Like you managed to find the time to put out this work every day. So, uh, yeah, I just think it's amazing. What piece of inspiration would you give to our audience to be a little bit more Erica Lee? Oh, um, you guys, like um, everything is within inside you. Everything that you want to be making and doing lives within you. You just have to let it out. That's all it is. Um, you don't know what it's going to look like today, but, it, you know, you're going to keep working on it and it's going to be amazing, you guys. And it's just about showing up every day. And you don't, it doesn't mean making art every day. That just means like giving yourself that gift of creativity and um, be kind to yourself. Boom. Erica, let our listeners know where they can find you online. Um, Erica Lee Sears, pretty much on all platforms. So yeah, reach out, come say hi. I'm totally open to, you know, I'd love to get to know you. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you, Erica. 